Welcome to Wavelengths, a podcast with Amphenol Broadband Solutions. Hello, everyone. It's your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and welcome to another episode of Wavelengths, an Amphenol Broadband Solutions podcast. Again, I'm your host, Daniel Litwin. Thank you so much for joining us, listening, and watching along to another conversation as we continue to unpack some of the larger trends, technologies, and reverberations that are being felt through the larger telco industry and its various uh, touch points in other industries too. So we're going to have a robust conversation today. I'm really looking forward to introducing our guest. But before I do that, want to make sure that you're all caught up on our previous conversations and you have access to all of our resources and thought leadership. So Make sure you're heading to our website, amphenolbroadband.com. Again, amphenolbroadband.com. There you'll find uh, more thought leadership and other resources like blogs, white papers, videos, and of course, episodes of the podcast. And you can also find episodes of Wavelengths on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So just click through on your favorite listening app, Type in the show name and hit subscribe so you don't miss out on future conversations and so you get a full catalog of all of our previous conversations with the great guests throughout the industry. So let's jump into today's talking points. There's a lot to get through and today's episode of the show is going to be a futurist's dream come true. There are, again, so many burgeoning technologies that are shaping this era of industry 4.0 and its various iterations of digital transformation. Everything from AI to the metaverse to improved IoT to decentralized networks. I mean, I could go on and on, right? While this transformation happens, though, a necessary parallel track is taking shape in the foundational technologies of industry 4.0. So not the stuff that's leading at the edge, but the stuff that's really going to provide that strong basis to carry industry 4.0 and scale it to the degree that folks are imagining. And that's where we want to focus our conversation today, right? How are the core technologies of fully realized digital transformation, namely edge computing, 5G, and wireless communications at large, telecommunications at large, right? How are they evolving themselves as foundational technologies? And how are their innovations enabling larger industry disruptions? Well, let's jump into it with our guest. Today, we're learning from one of the best future-focused tech minds in enterprise business transformation. I'm very pleased to welcome Sheetal Jaitley. He's CEO of Tribal Scale, which is a global innovation firm providing agile solutions for product strategy, design, development, and QA as well as enterprise class digital transformation guidance. They've worked with brands and organizations like the PGA Tour, Nissan, iHeartRadio, and even John Hancock, Sheetal Jaitley. Thank you so much for joining us, man. How you doing? I'm good, Daniel. How you doing? Doing very well. Doing very well. Look, we've been trying to chat for a long time now, and you got hit with a hurricane not too long ago, so I'm just... Um, you know, grateful that we've even got you sitting down with us today and that we can pull from your thought leadership. So uh, I appreciate you taking time. Absolutely, Daniel. Just just so that I'm hoping for all the safety and a quick recovery for everybody who's been affected by this hurricane that just, that's gone by the southern United States. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. 
And uh, I want to also make sure our audience understands the perspectives that you're bringing here today. So just for a little extra context for our audience, Sheetal previously held uh, positions as a director of media business development for Telco, um, IoT, and various tech companies, including Extreme Labs and Pivotal Software. He's also an active tech investor working with a range of cutting-edge startups and legacy enterprise players in tech. So Sheetal obviously has a pulse in not only the uh, future, right, the small players that are defining what's next for the industry, but also the players that have been leading the way in these foundational structural technologies and understanding how they're working to innovate their own critical role in the larger industry. So Sheetal. Let's jump into it, right? No let's more intros. Let's there, get yeah. to let's get to the let's thought leadership. Let's so, do it. <laughs> um, so I, I want to start by kind of calling out some of the conversation points that are guiding this discussion at large. So we're starting to see more public calls for investment in not just edge and not just five G, but both as pieces of a holistic business strategy for leveraging improved telecom data capture, and processing. And these public calls are coming from major companies, they're coming from governments, from um, institutional players in the space. So I'm curious, you know, do you find that enterprises are engaging with these foundational technologies and their benefits with more maturity and more vision as of late? You know, have they internalized that future-focused view? If so, right, why and, and to what effect? Give us your pulse. Absolutely, Daniel. I um on that, I think, look, we could talk a lot about these technologies and we're going to get into a, a variety of technologies, but it's all starting with business problems. And I think, look, I was part of a company that did data sciences back in 2003, 2004. We called it data science. Nobody even knew what data science meant. You know, they thought, hey, I'm coming to them with a mathematician, a crystal ball that's supposed to solve your problems. Fast forward to today. I, when you, when you talk to the C-suite, whether it be large enterprise or small enterprise, they don't feel like the realm of unpossibility is not there. So the big question they always get is, and, and smart forward thinking leaders always ask is why not? How can it be better? How can I solve this issue better? How can I leverage a lot of these technologies or leverage a lot of these platforms to solve my business need? Whether it be in manufacturing, customer experience, and a variety of issues. And so, I think Elon Musk, you know, give him credit. He's uh, he's inspired a lot of us to be like, hey, I'm not only going to shoot people to Mars, but I'm going to put Starlink satellites up in the air. I'm going to sell you a car and it's going to drive itself tomorrow. Um, and like, so the things that we thought were impossible are now being shown to us that they can be possible. So the right leaders are demanding, hey, what can I do? And so therefore these technologies are coming, are actually coming to the forefront of like, here are pieces of a stack that can be your solution. Yeah, and to your point, when there's high profile use cases for everything from 5G to IoT to um, you know blockchain ledgers and AI supported um, operations in a, a corporate setting, I mean, just to get even more niche, uh, those really validate, I think, for people that this is real. Um, it clearly has an ROI. Clearly, people are making millions, if not billions, off of these ideas. And so, therefore, there must be something working here. Maybe we should consider 
you know, not only the value of obviously our, you know, having a connected infrastructure, having a, a, a strong and future focused, um, uh, you know, network infrastructure for supporting more nodes, uh, a remote or hybridized workforce, right? But also understanding that these foundational technologies are evolving themselves and getting ahead of those evolutions is going to be critical for retaining a competitive edge, honestly. 100%, Daniel. You hit the nail on the head right in your last point. Um, I think we've kind of leapfrogged in like the ask and what we want as possibility or even the expectation of what the possibility is um, to being like, hey, why isn't the technology there to solve it? And we can we get into a lot of, you know, why edge is like, really taken off and well, what, it, what it could do, where is 5G currently and like where it, where it needs to go, even AI to go solve your business problems. But if you, even if you just take a, take a look at the world supply chain, if we leverage, we're having supply chain issues right now. If we leverage even all of these technologies to solve two or 5% of this, these problems, heck, that results in billions of dollars. It results in a much more productive life cycle. And it, 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 at the end of the day, it involves in a happy consumer. And, you know, we're all struggling to piece together what the right tech, where technology is today that we could use to solve today's problem. But where we, you know, I think a lot of the startups and a lot of the even enterprises out there are really trying to figure out how can we solve the problems of the future. And like, that's, that's where we need to go. Couldn't agree more. Let's go ahead and get into some of those technologies then. You brought it up yourself here as you were, um, you know, mentioning a few, but let's start with edge computing. Um, I'm curious how you're seeing edge computing uh, being treated in enterprises, ecosystems of future-focused technology investments, right? Sort of its role among some of the other buzzy technologies that are capturing interest. And do you think enterprises realize yet the absolute necessity of edge computing frameworks to manage the now and the future of industry 4.0 because again these are really gonna um, these networks are really gonna play a foundational role in supporting industry 4.0 so again how are you seeing enterprises treat edge computing in that role yeah so do under, do enterprises under do let me answer the first question do under enterprises understand it no um, do they want it yes <laughs> right. um, I'll, I'll, I'll blend edge computing and 5g just for a second you know there's uh, I'm here in Miami and there's parts here in Midtown Miami I literally have to go jump on a Wi-Fi of a retail store to get an Uber because I can't even get reception I feel like you know the old commercial can you hear me now can you hear me now yet we want 5g to be able to solve all of our data problems and you know, if we take a step back and, you know, you, you have a very sophistic, sophisticated audience, but the amount of data that we want to go up into 5G and what we'll call 5G and like, hey, let 5G solve this problem, get computed and come back to you, every millisecond is too much bandwidth for us to be able to handle. So there is definitely a need for edge. You see the major telcos playing in this in this field to set up edge and they're using various partners to set up the right stacks and you know we could go into places like the oil sands or like in, in refineries and who have so much data coming up in remote areas there's definitely a need for edge computing to have there because you can't have it go all the way onto the grid and then come back so it, the the edge computing aspect is not going away if you look at in car you don't want to be pushing every single piece of data of what's happening in your car all the way up into some cloud um, that's being processed by an auto manufacturer or one of their partners and then coming back to you. What could we solve 
in car with logic leveraging edge. And I think you're going to see more and more smaller scale. We got the big stuff that we'll do with, you know, the, the oil refineries, even out in the ocean. And then we got the stuff that everyday people are going to be able to take advantage of because we have edge processing happening. And I think one of the leaders, and you know, if we want to go into the future state of this, I think one of the leaders of that is really going to be our home connected systems. We are already connecting with our modems and things like that. And, you know, there's a company um, out there uh, right now, a startup that is really doing, being able to do presence detection, heartbeat detection, a whole lot of cool features through Wi-Fi. And that's really cool. Um, you know, you could solve a whole slew of problems without having to connect all this new hardware in your home or in your business to make things like that possible. And, you know, those are the types of cool startups and innovation ideas, I think, that are really going to help support Edge. And so we're going to start seeing what I'll call hubs, um, small scale and large scale, more and more to fix this bandwidth issue. I mean, just we just don't have the networks in place to be able to do and process a lot of the things we want to see happen. Um, solve a lot of those major problems I was talking about at the beginning of this conversation aren't going to be able to be solved without leveraging the edge. Yeah, I, I think you're spot on there. And, you know, to play off of that, let's look at what's already working, right? To try to learn from the companies that are making successful deployments. Do you have any that come to mind when you think of maybe some of the most common or successful edge applications today? Um, and, you know, are you finding that maybe some certain developments in edge computing are allowing for the edge to disrupt positively to an even greater degree? And are there companies that are using it in that way, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, one thing, uh, one thing, uh, one thing I will give telcos to, and we kind of, you know, always play down on them that they're not quick enough to invent or they're so slow. But one thing I will say is they dog feed the technologies themselves. So there are telecom companies right now that have edge computing that are able to go and see, hey, you know what, Daniel, you are my like paying customer. I'm here roaming. I'm hitting a bandwidth issue. Who am I going to kick off? It probably shouldn't be you. It probably should be me. And let's not flood our floodgates of and bandwidth with that. Like these are edge problems that we're able to solve. And like, that's a very, very simplistic answer of, of how it's been working. Now, if you go out, you know, again, if you go and, and I talk about the remote workforce and remote being like the oil companies or the solar companies that are out there when things are going wrong, you know, they want a centralized hub that is close to them, that has connectivity to let them know what's going on. They don't want to be stuck in, in a situation with 5G. And so they're able to actually not only go in and create their log logic, leveraging their edge from a hardware perspective, but like leveraging their data, leveraging their AI, having all that compute brain happening in an edge. Um, so they can easily be able to solve those problems really quickly. And that's, you know, I think that's going to be something that's going to help our power grid stay up. Um, if you look at macro level level problems that we're going to be facing, that's going to be help our power grid stay up. That's also going to give organizations a, a much bigger sense of security um, since that is locked behind their firewall. I think there's a lot of various applications when it comes to edge that are being done successfully. How do we expand on that? I think is like, how do we make those macro problems solved with bigger solutions? 
And then how do we solve micro problems for the everyday consumer like you and I? How does it affect every every day of our life? And you know, we shouldn't even know it. Like our our vehicles that we're driving, um, a lot of that compute power, let's have it on the edge and let's 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 make our vehicles smarter. You know, imagine a day, Daniel, that we we summons our car to us and it picks us up, drops us off, it parks itself somewhere else. You've got your garage back, so now you can put a pool table, make an awesome man cave if you want. You know, like all this stuff can happen with your vehicle without having a lot of data being transferred up and down in a traditional sense, but leveraging the edge. I think another component here too is demystifying the edge. You know, when you think of edge computing, there's this sense of, um, you know, oh, that is for use cases where you have a, a ruggedized computer at the bottom of an oil well or, you know, in areas of incredibly high or low heat, you know, humans aren't going to be over there. And yeah, we need like some hardware to be able to manage some critical business operations, some mission critical stuff, right? But I think demystifying the edge is important because like you just mentioned, edge computing is also just enabling devices that we're already used to using and aspects of our work and daily life that we're already used to implementing and, uh, you know, sort of taking for granted, just elevating those, making them smarter and giving them another layer of intelligence, automation, and connective tissue with other nodes in our life and in our workplace, right? And so any thoughts there on how to frame up the conversation even to to broaden the imagination without getting too lost in the weeds that oh, I have to find this, you know, really niche um, or, or uh, mission critical use case for edge computing to validate it. It's like, not really. Honestly, there are ways that we can deploy edge computing now that showcases its utility, like you mentioned, and that validates some of those larger, maybe more niche or difficult deployments. So thoughts there on reframing that conversation, especially for enterprises. Yeah, I think uh, I, definitely for the enterprise, you know, IDC, Daniel, something that we were talking about, like IDC is is, is predicting that, you know, edge computing the next year is going to double. Three quarters of organizations are already thinking about it. How are they going to leverage it? These are small and big. Um, however, let's reframe the conversation. Let's go back to what problem are we looking to solve? Let's not let, let's not go and get a technology to solve a problem. Let's go look at what problem are we looking to solve? And let's really have an empty whiteboard and say, Hey, what are we going to draw up here? That's going to enhance the experience for our consumers, for our uh, supply chain, for our manufacturing, whatever it may be, how are we going to go and enhance those? And then take a look at what what the tech stack is going to be and leverage a partner who you know has experience not only in the cloud but in the edge to come to you and say hey like this is this is the stack that's going to make sense to go and solve that problem and it's going to be you know a stack that involves your telco with 5g it's going to be some sort of ai and database structure with a bunch of logic and software on the edge that's going to be working working with you and i think you know the combination of these things that are going to come together are really going to go and drive that business value that that enterprise is looking for you know it, again we a lot of what's what happens in tech comes out of the dod and you know the do the department of defense um 
really looks at these problems in a different light. You know, like we think government is not run well, but they look at the things in a different light. How am I going to save lives or how am I going to get rid of this threat? And that is the center of the problem. And then they move back to say, all right, what can we do or what can we create to solve these problems? And well, what could we build in the realm of possibility? And so I want, you know, I, I want CIOs or, or CEOs or any leaders, even if you're a, a, someone in an organization, to look at the problems that you're looking at and saying, hey, now that these technology stacks are available, how can I piece together a solution for them? And I think that's that's the right way to go about it. And I'm glad you brought up some of that research too, um, because that frames up, like you mentioned, the sort of coming wave of... Um, not only investment, but also research around future use cases and use cases that may not seem relevant to an enterprise or a residential market, but that will inevitably become retooled and useful in those markets as well. So just to re-reference a couple things here. Research from IDC, like you mentioned, is showing that both in the U.S. and globally, edge solutions spend will more than double. We're expecting three-fourths of organizations to increase their spending on edge projects. So that's encouraging, right? Uh, IDC predicting that enterprises are taking this seriously and that they want to put money towards it. But like you said, they want it. Do they necessarily understand it? Uh, still up in the air, right? But on top of that, we're seeing the DOD announce its intention to focus on edge computing specifically, edge computing investments by launching collaborative initiatives with edge solution companies. And you brought up a good point here too that a lot of the technology that we now take for granted today, even down to the internet, is usually funded through military R&D. And that obviously means that these technologies get brought into existence for one use case, but then once they get opened up to the uh, larger business and private sector, they get retooled. And so how does this coming tidal wave of government funding, government interest toward edge projects, how does that, in your opinion, shape some of the outlook for coming developments to the edge and therefore some future disruptions that said investment could enable? Yeah, so very good point here. Um, I think one of the things and one of the criticisms of the infrastructure bill that just got passed um, here in the U.S. was, hey, it's looking at old infrastructure. What about the future of infrastructure? And, but guess what? There was, I mean, we could criticize it or not, but like what, what, well, some of the investment that is coming is directly from the government. And when you got politicians actually going and asking for something. Let's face it, they're not the sharpest tools in the shed, but they're being asked by their constituents and they're being asked by the lobbyists that are around them that, hey, this is what we need to do and, and what we can do. And so government investment in this area is definitely happening. Um, the other investments that are happening in this area is, is like the private sector. I mean, take a look at Starlink, take a look at SpaceX, <clears throat> the Take a look at Blue Origin, right? Like what, what these companies are doing are also, they're doing macro, they're solving macro problems. They're leveraging a lot of technology and edge computing to make that happen. So we're going to continuously see investment there. There's, there's a company I'm working with right now and that I've actually invested in um, that is looking at the data problem very different. They're saying, hey, we now have these satellites in the air. Why should we drop fiber optic line between over an ocean? Um, <clears throat> we already know Google and even Meta and Facebook have already come out saying, 
hey, we think one of our biggest barriers is going to be bandwidth issues. Um, and, you know, they've already come out and said that. And this company is looking at how are we going to leverage lasers to transmit data a lot faster? And how could we solve a lot of these other bandwidth issues? And this, these are the areas, I think, when I talk about leapfrogging the current or what we, the problems we see in front of us, these are the companies and the investments that are actually going to help us go even further um, into, into solving more and more macro problems. But again, for the enterprise, I think enterprises that are able to do and, and, and have corporate development budgets or R&D budgets should start small, start somewhere. Even don't even have to do it yourself. Start working with a startup that is looking to solve a problem in your, in, in your industry. Bring them in behind your firewall, show them the issues you're having, make an investment in them and watch what magic can happen. And I think, you know, we Web 2.0 really proved that that kind of works. Um, I think a lot of enterprises, you know, I came up in the mobile era and, you know, a lot of enterprises didn't know how to go from web to mobile and we helped drop breadcrumbs from them for them to show them how to be able to do that in an effective way. I think a lot of enterprises need to go find their partners, find the startups and really go plug in to this ecosystem and start making investments also. We can't just leave it up to government. We can't just leave it, leave it up to a very small venture community that's doing this. I think, you know, Let's learn from the telcos. The telcos are doing this stuff. They are creating sandboxes. They are pulling in innovation from all over the place. Let's get more enterprises that aren't telcos to come in and start, start really investing in the ecosystem. That's going to solve their problems. Well, Sheetal, before we move on and continue some conversations on other foundational technologies and some of Tribal Scale's own work to understand, uh, you know, these digital transformation missions in practice, we're actually going to have to cut the conversation a little short. There's so much to talk on that we figure we need to give everything the space it deserves. So we're going to go ahead and end this conversation as part one, and we'll be back soon with part two. So folks, make sure you're subscribing to Wavelength so you get the continued conversation here with Mr. Sheetal Jaitley. Sheetal Jaitley, CEO of Tribal Scale. thank you so much for your insights so far, and we'll have you back on very soon for part two. I appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this part one episode of our conversation with Sheetal Jaitley on the Wavelengths podcast, an Amphenol Broadband Solutions podcast. If you like what you heard and saw today, make sure you're subscribing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Head to our website, amphenolbroadband.com, and stay tuned for part two. We'll catch you soon.